Hey, just quickly before you listen to this podcast, if you are not one of our little ferals yet, then you need to be. We would love you to be part of our little feral family. And when you are part of our little feral family, you'll get some more juicy gossip. We've got extra podcasts and it's the price of a coffee a month. It's £3 or £3.50 a month. Guys, it's cheap as chips. You can find the link in our Instagram bios at Laura Summers Lifestyle at Becky Hayes UK or in the description of this podcast wherever you listen to it. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, They always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Welcome along to the Laura and Becky show. So we were radio presenters. We had our own breakfast radio show, but we got sacked. So what did we do? We decided to fly off to Mallorca for the weekend with no money, get a little bit tiddly, and the idea for this podcast was born. Also, we were completely feral. I think you need to add that into your intro because we're being honest, guys. In fact, we were the most we feral shower. we have ever been on the trip. That is where the feralness started. I would say it was disgusting. I would it go was. that far. We were we were rank. We didn't shower for three days. But happy. We were so happy. <laughs> we didn't go out in the evenings <laughs> and we didn't shower. <laughs> you need to add that into the intro. We got sacked. We were feral. We were rank. Yeah. yeah. We looked like we were homeless, homeless on that holiday. Yeah, it was great. Didn't we? Yeah. Greasy hair. Yeah, disgusting. I, I had tan on. I put tan on before I went away. I didn't want the tan to fade. So I was like, I'm just not going mean, to shower. Yeah, I mean, at least I got in a pool. I'm, that's, I'm just going to say, yeah. and the sea. I got in the sea. You, madam, I didn't, didn't get, get wet. No, I, I wasn't that. having my tan come <laughs> off. No, I was so nice and brown. I wasn't having that go to waste. But you stank. We both stank, right? We both stank. (laughs) Anyway, we're now sponsored by East Midlands Airport, Red Brick Estate Agents and the Casa Hotel Group. Thanks, guys, for believing in our feral little asses. (laughs) We can now afford shower gel. Um, I have got um, two very funny messages um, to read. So this is from um, my friend Beeves, who is an avid... uh, That's not a real name, by the way. (laughs) Her name's Emily. Emily Beavers. Beavers right. is her surname. And I'm not, I'm not going to go into her surname and laugh because yeah, she gets really offended. And let's not do that. But her name is Emily Beavers. 
She's had it all her life, bless her. All her life. But I call her Beeves. So she is in Madrid at the moment with her boyfriend. Lovely. And um, her boyfriend's working. So she's been sunbathing, listening to our podcast Lovely. while he's at work like it. Anyway, got a, me- <laughs> got a message from her. And I'm going to try and do it in her accent, right? Because okay. she's from Barnsley. Right. And she's got a bit of a voice like this. She put, right. <laughs> She's gonna, she's gonna kill me. I feel like I've torn her apart in this podcast. I love you, Beeves. Um, right, I'm listening to your podcast in Madrid, and the ads came on first. And because I'm on the Wi-Fi, they're all in Spanish. And I thought, why are Laura and Becky speaking in Spanish? I was like, I did not know that <laughs> Becky was fluent in Spanish. <laughs> she even said as well. I've been to Spain with you and you did not speak a word of Spanish. So bless her heart. Well, hola, Beeves. Hola, hola señorita. Beeves. ¿Cómo estás? Uh, de nada. Um, um, muy bien. Buenas nachos. Buenas, buenos deos. nachos. That's good night. No, it's not na- nachos. Well, buenas noches. Noches. Not nachos. Buenos that's that's food. Buenos dias. Buenos dias. Um, I should be able to speak fluent Spanish. Um, Le cuento, por favor. Si. There we bueno. There we go. Yeah, we'll tell you what, the accent was about. Good there as well. Hang on, wait. So she was in Spain and the adverts were in Spanish. What yeah. the hell? Because she was on the Wi-Fi there, they were in Spanish. How cool is that? What do you mean she was on the Wi-Fi? What, what if you're not on the Wi-Fi? What if you're on your 4G? I don't know. I don't know if it oh, automatically wait. goes to Spanish. No, you're in Spain and it gives yeah. you Spanish adverts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God, technology, eh? And, and then she realised, obviously, she's like, oh, no, it's just because I'm in oh, Spain. I'd love to be able to speak fluent Spanish. I mean, mate, I'm thinking of learning. Yeah. In fact, today, right, it's in my diary. You need to learn, because if you say buenos nachos to anyone, they're going to be like... Buenos nachos? That's good nachos. <laughs> they're going to bring me a portion of nachos. Good nachos. Yeah. Good nachos. They'll be like, why is she saying good nachos? <laughs> she like the nachos. <laughs> She's obsessed though with the the nachos. <laughs> I do like nachos actually. I Love did. Them. I could speak. I could have a conversation when I lived in Tenerife. Yeah. Did you know I lived in Tenerife? Three years no. I was there for, and I I could speak good Spanish. Now I've just forgotten it all. Well, today I when I picked Lily up from school because I want her to learn. I want well, in fact, I said to Lil because I want to get her doing a class. Right? She hasn't yeah. done any classes for us. I was like, what do you want to do? She went. I want to learn Spanish yeah. so I can understand my favourite YouTubers who are Spanish. Right. I was like, all right, fine. She's invested. We'll go yeah. with it. So we're calling at a little place when I pick her up from school today that do Spanish lessons. Nice. So mate, it is in my in diary. diary. I'm, I'm going to be fluent by next week. Hasta luego. That's great. I love that. What's that mean? Hasta luego. Yeah. See you later. Hasta, Hasta luego. Uh, de nada. Yeah. That's no problem, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well. Mañana, I mean, tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, guys. There we go. We're Buenos nachos. One more message to do oh, as sorry, well. Sorry, I on. know, I totally forgot. Go right. On. So this is from Kelly, who's a regular listener. She's put just listen to your grumpy pilot episode on the pod whilst cooking tea and got to the bit where Laura asked you if you'd be up for a high speed road sweeper. I almost chopped my finger off, howling with laughter. Nothing against road sweepers, but uh, perhaps your pod should come with a health warning, as this is the second time I've had a kitchen accident whilst cooking slash chopping and laughing at your shenanigans. Oh, God, Kelly, sorry. Don't chop your finger off, love. Yeah, she did. Actually, last time I saw her, she said that she'd had an accident whilst listening. So uh, Funny story about a road sweeper, right? You know, oh, yeah. my road, my avenue, it's called an avenue. I like that. <laughs> it's actually just a road, but it's quite a wide road, yeah? Anyway, um, <laughs> I always say, like, opposite... 
the, the opposite side of our road is posher than our side. Yeah. Right, and they're really miserable. Mm. Um, and the road sweep, I kid you not, came down our road. And I thought, oh, bloody hell, a road sweep down our road. Only did the other side and drove it off. The posh side. I thought, you bastard. Do you reckon one of them the phoned the council and be like, we need this sweeping, it's I, filthy. Yeah, I'll tell you what they do as well. You know when um, bin men come around and pick up the, do the bins? Yeah. And have you seen the white van that comes and like hoses out your bin? Yes. And never does that side. But do they pay for that? Probably. Yeah, it's paid. You don't get That's that That's how free. you know if you're posh. You pay for a man to come and clean your outdoor bin. My Who bin, can be arsed? My bin needs clearing oh, mate, out. It's got disgusting. maggots in the bottom, yeah. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, speaking of bins as well, oh, go on. We need to tell the story of yesterday. So obviously, yes. at the moment, we are we sound like a couple of <laughs> don't we? We are collecting empty rosé bottles for our what? <laughs> I'm going to okay. beep that out. Okay, remind me to beep that okay. out. But anyway, <laughs> Jesus. So we are collecting empty rosé bottles for our first birthday party, which is Friday, by the way. We are giddy for this now. Oh we're, my it's God. Wednesday, so we're like we're on the slope down to our party. There's so many people coming. Considering we run events for a living, we have no idea who's coming. We've forgotten We've who's on the guest list. We've literally now lost count. Yeah. But who cares? Doesn't matter, does it? Yeah. The more the merrier. <laughs> What was I saying? Rosé bottles. I've completely lost my train of thought. Bins. Rosé bottles. Rosé bottles. So yesterday we had a meeting, didn't we, at um, a hotel and a bar. And they went rummaging through their recycling bin to get us their empty rosé bottles. I know. Bless them. And that is dedication. Well, they're both Charlottes, aren't they? Mm. They looked lovely. They're very well made up, weren't they? And Beautiful. we're like, can you go through your bin and get us some... Re-? And they did. They, they were straight there, weren't they? They were straight. No Do you know issues. what I think, actually? I'm going to say this on the pod. Because they rifled through a bin <laughs> to get us some razor bowls, I'm going to give them back the razor bowls. <laughs> Hang on, what? No, really. no I'm going to give them the razor bowls with the flowers in. Nice. Yeah, because this is what they're being used for, guys. We're not just searching for rosé <laughs> yeah. bottles for no reason. They're going to be part of a flower arrangement at our first birthday party, okay? So when we left, I had about six empty rosé bottles <laughs> in my handbag. I kid you not, when I got home later on, I just walked in and was like, hiya. I was like, hello. <laughs> I put my bag down in the hallway, went into the kitchen. Rosie, 14-year-old, walked in, looked and she went, mum. And I was like, what? And she went, that's a bit excessive. <laughs> but then just grabbed some crisps and went upstairs. Like she didn't bat an eyelid. Yeah, she it's almost thought, like she thinks it's the norm. It's normal for me to have six empty rosé bottles. She was just like, yeah, all standard day for my mum. <laughs> normal day at the office. Yeah. Mate, I've got them all in the boot of my car at the moment, but I haven't secured them oh, properly. Mate. So everywhere I drive, they're like clunk, 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 clunk. Now, I've got mine in a bag. When I was putting them in, they do smell a little bit. Do you my, think we should have rinsed them out? Yeah, my boot's going to stink. Oh. It's going to have rosé all over it, isn't it? Listen... Thank you to the Maynard because they supplied the empty rosé bowls. Thank you for Thank rifling you. through the bins. You've um, <laughs> saved our bacon. And they're coming on Friday as well. I know. This is great. It is great. Yeah. And um, hey, we've got a guest on today, haven't we? Yes, she is arriving. So after this, we're going to introduce her. Introduce her. <laughs> I have not drank rosé. <laughs> sure we're going to introduce <laughs> her. And boy, oh boy, has she got a story. Oh, when I when you sent this story to me, 
I was shocked. Yeah, this is this is going to be a great story. And she's on next. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So it's Wednesday and we love Wednesdays because we always try and get a guest on. And I have been so excited about the guest we have today. So giddy. We sort of touched on this earlier on, but you made me aware of this story and you sent me the, I think it was the newspaper article with this story on and I read it and I was completely shocked. Yeah, yeah. So we'd like to welcome Roxy to our podcast. Hello, Roxy. Hi, thank thanks you for s- having me. Oh my gosh, you're more than welcome. <laughs> thanks for coming in. Um, so now I, I I will say kind of the backstory. I've kind of met you through my sister. Yeah. That's all we need to say. Um, so first of all, Roxy, just explain what you do. You do many things, but yeah, just give us a brief overview of you. Okay, so I'm primarily a mental health therapist. Um, I've got a private practice in Clown that I've had for about eight years now. And along the journey of that, I started helping women set up their own businesses. So now I'm a business coach as well. I do lots of business training. Um, Yeah. Lots of things. Lots of things. And you're very busy. I'm very, very busy. Yeah, that's interesting in itself, isn't it? Because we've talked about this, and especially after, I think, lockdown and the pandemic, and a lot of therapists have said that they've been so busy after that is that what you're finding absolutely my business exploded in lockdown which was really interesting because I was already kind of trying to move a bit away from therapy because doing it all the time is just way too much so I'd already tried to move away a bit but lockdown it was crazy so I was trying to homeschool two little children my husband was still working a corporate job and I had therapy clients coming out of my ears do you need therapy now? Because you're doing so much therapy. Are you looking for a therapist? I think every therapist should have a therapist. I was going to say, that's actually not a healthy true. Thing not to. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say, do therapists have therapists? Definitely. Because the job you do, I mean, you listen to people all day. I'm probably not the happiest of people either. Yeah. So you do, it's like hairdressers having a good hairdresser. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. I've never even like thought of yeah. this before about yeah. therapists having a therapist. Wow. <laughs> Everyone should have a therapist anyway. But yeah. 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 Okay, so let's let's go back, shall we? And let's talk about you and because you have, you know, an in, an incredible story, a very inspiring story. So can we go back to kind of um what happened to you when you were younger? Okay. This is fascinating to me because it's just not a story to me. Yeah. I tell this story, so many people are like really in awe of it yeah but I forget about yeah. it on a day-to-day basis yeah. oh it's we were fascinated my 
like yeah. radar or Which is probably all. a really good thing, isn't it? Well, I think mm. that's to be why, fair. That's part of why it's a story. Do you mind talking about it? That's probably a question we should have <laughs> asked before you came we on this checked. podcast. Do you mind talking about this? <laughs> <laughs> no, and I think my version is always quite abridged because I'm just so accepting of it. Is it like a different... Per- it's like you're talking about someone else? Or is it... I don't even know. It's just like that happened and that's nothing to do with who I am now yes. except it's everything to do with who yeah, I am now yeah. it's probably interesting. completely what created me as this yes so when I was two I got scalded so I was 70% burned so it's quite a long-winded story but basically I we lived in an old council house and they had the coal fires where the coal fires heated the water so the water was screaming hot like I don't know if you remember those I mm. vividly remember mm. The heat we get from normal boilers now is not the same. Yes. Um, so, yep, we lived in a old council house. My mum had me, I was two and a half, and my little sister was six months old. My dad was at work in the pit, um, and my mum started running a bath, and she switched both taps on, but only water came out of the hot tap. My sister started crying. She went out of the bathroom and didn't click the door shut properly, and that's all it was. I was two and a half, and I potted in. No idea why. Um, apparently I told them once I was reaching for the bubbles um, and I leaned the weighing scales up against the side of the bath, climbed up and the weighing scales, as far as we know, tipped away and I fell in. <sighs> but there was, so I fell in fully clothed. I think it's clear that I fell in on my right side and then stood up and my mum heard the most horrific screams and came running in. Realised that I'd fallen in the bath but didn't really realise the extent of the burn so she started trying to pull my clothes off. So as she was pulling my socks off, all my skin started coming away with oh my God. socks. And at that point, she knew it was horrific. Um, but the cold water had been turned off by the council, so there was no cold water to run me under at all. Oh, God. So and bear in mind, my mum's 22 at this point. She's a kid herself. I didn't have children until I was 29. So my mum's 22 with yeah. two children. I can't even imagine. So she phoned the ambulance and the ambulance came. And apparently my nan told me once I was stood up in the back of the ambulance, so she didn't think I could be that bad. Um, the ambulance took me to Chesterfield Royal Hospital. They refused to take me because they said I'd die. So they sent they oh literally sent the ambulance away. Um, and the ambulance took me to Sheffield Northern General because they had a specialist burns unit. And upon arriving there, they told my parents I'd die. There was absolutely no chance that I would live. So I was in intensive care for six months, I think. Um, yeah, my parents were told that this is it. Um, and then it became clear that it wasn't. And I obviously fought back, but then they were told things along the way. They were told I'd have to have my hands and feet amputated. I'd never walk. I'd never be able to go in the sun. They had no idea if I could have children. Um, yeah, and I had skin grafts. So I stayed in hospital for, I think I came home briefly that Christmas. It happened in September. I came home briefly at Christmas and then so went you, back So you were in, in hospital for all of that time yes. up until Christmas. Yeah. Oh my God. And then for months afterwards. And then I grew up in hospitals. It's one of my biggest memories is I grew up in hospitals. So as soon as I was like alive and okay, they moved me over to the children's hospital. So I had all my skin grafts there growing up. But I had skin grafts till I was 22. I'm still oh having God. those. So when you talk about life. your memories, do you, re- you are so little, you don't remember anything no which is probably a good thing it's mm. def- and I think that is actually the whole reason that I am how I am now is because for lots of people when they have an accident like this they probably have a before life and an afterlife but I never had a before life mm. 
that I knew of. So my whole life has been like this, which I think is the luckiest thing because that's what's made it so easy to accept it all. So your first memories are of being in hospital then, of this whole thing? Yeah, completely. And it's really hard because as an adult, you think you've got memories, but you don't know if they're memories people have told you and you've created along the way. But there are certain memories that I absolutely know about. Like there's certain nurses that I could picture their faces now. Um, and again, I was really lucky in the children's hospital. I was spoiled to death because I was there <laughs> so often. Yeah. They'd wheel the old TV into my special room. I had my own room and I was like spoiled. I was like the celebrity in the little hospital. So as a kid, that's like a dream. I could yeah. have anything I wanted. Yeah. God. So what is the extent of the scarring? So I was 70% scalded. So it's everything except my face and left arm, basically. Oh, God. So even now, like the fascination, and because I forget about it constantly, I'll go to Tesco in shorts in the summer and people stop and stare at me and I forget. And I genuinely think, what, what are they looking at? And I'm like worried that my bum's hanging out or, <laughs> you know, something normal. Yeah. And then I remember, and it's that fascination that we have with people who are different that still makes us look at people. Mm. Yeah, I'm so grateful my face didn't get burned because that might have changed everything completely. But again, I have the opportunity to cover up if I want, but that was one of the biggest things my mum ever did for me. My family, but my mum specifically, she refused to cover me up at any point. So I remember at secondary school begging to go in trousers and she refused. On my first day at secondary school, she refused for me to go in trousers. And I literally cried all morning. And it was the best thing that could happen to me. Yeah. Because yeah. everyone just got, that was just you. Yeah, immediately. And yeah. I guess you were just used to showing it off as well then, weren't you? Yeah. How did your parents cope and react after what happened? Because that it's an awful yeah. thing for a mm. parent to go through that. Like, I, I can't even imagine if that happened to my daughter, what mm. I'd do. I can't imagine. So I've got two boys now. And I just remember when they got to the age that I was just looking and thinking, you are so perfect. Mm. Like, what do you do? Um. So... At the time, you just cope because you have to. You go into that adrenaline mode. We've all done that when our kids have... I remember my, my youngest son getting his hand stuck in a shape sorter, a wooden shape sorter, that there's no physical way I could have broken this open. And the calm that comes over you while you're just... You have to fix the problem. So I think for a lot of it, shock and just that we have to get through this took over. But then my mum wouldn't talk about it for years and years um my dad was always great growing up I don't see my dad now my dad was brilliant growing up but my mum would not talk about it and actually so I've only started talking about it in public after my sister insisted that it was time I did because people would be interested because again I don't recognize that as a Mm. thing and then I went to my mum and sort of asked if we could talk about this now because it's important to help other people with it does she mind you talking about it no and she put a couple of quotes together for some articles that I've done. Um, but she do not want anything to do with it. Mm. She doesn't ever want to be filmed. There's no way my mum would talk about it in real life properly. And how was that conversation with her? Because I guess it's the first time you and her had properly talked about it. I think it's the first time we talked about the fact she doesn't talk about it. Um, and we were in Sainsbury's car park. And I just remember thinking, <laughs> I've got to do it now. Because I go shopping with mum every Tuesday. It's one of our things. Um, I remember being in the same car park and I'd had this offer to like do this thing for Fabulous Magazine for the Sun. And I remember thinking, I've got to ask my mum, I've got to ask my mum. Yeah. <laughs> and she was brilliant. Again, it was a very short conversation, closed down. She's like, I'll write something. I don't want to talk about it. And then she wrote me this gorgeous piece. 
um yeah it, it must have been so traumatic for her and even Can't now imagine. she must remember it so, so well. clearly has she ever had any no I don't, I don't even know oh, whether I was allowed to ask say. that no. or not I was like scared no. to ask it so she's never had any therapy nope. or counseling for it, it or anything definitely wasn't offered then whereas now if something like this happened now you would be offered it immediately it, it, 1987 yeah like therapy didn't exist as a thing and then my mum's very different to me my mum and my sister are really the same they are very happy to close things off and not deal with stuff whereas I'm the opposite I like to talk about everything yeah my poor husband (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so no she never has and no she never would she's far more happy just leave it there yeah and yet she's so proud of me it's yeah it's such a mix so how um so that happened obviously you said you went to like secondary school and you didn't cover up or anything like that so how do you think that happening to you has shaped who is there a correlation between what you do now and what happened to you I don't know about what I do because I came into that much later although so all my whole life growing up I wanted to be a nurse that was clearly they were clearly my role models so I think that was very much shaped from the fact I lived in hospital um and I didn't become a nurse I went into corporate jobs I did a bit of traveling and then I met my husband in our corporate job and just one day I said I need I want to go back to nursing I want to drop all of this corporate stuff which I detest um and go back to nursing so I started a nursing degree in September 2012 13 2013 I think and then I started in September I found out I was pregnant in December my whole life shifted because again we didn't know if I could have children we didn't want children at that point I cried for a week the poor child (laughs) really (laughs) so we didn't know if we could have children so like the whole world shifted and Tom's mum's a mental health therapist up in York and I remember her saying once that I should definitely look at it and when I fell pregnant I recognized that I wanted to be able to help people but there was no way I was doing 13-hour shifts while I've got a new baby. Mm. So I retrained while I was pregnant and moved into mental health, and I set up my practice when my little boy was three months old. Wow, so that's amazing. I think that that caring and wanting to help people has definitely been shaped by my scars, but I don't think it directly led me to mental health. That was my little baby. Wow, God, what a story. What a story. It, it's one of those stories that kind of, it sends shivers down your mm. spine, doesn't it? It's just, it's like your worst nightmare. And again, as a parent, I can see it mm-hmm. so much. Yeah. I My niece is 13 now, so and I remember when she was two, and my mum said something about this was my age, and I could just look at her yeah. and see a little me, and that, I, I don't know how you cope with that. I have no idea how my mum coped with that. And my wider family, so my sister was six months old, and literally went to live with my grandparents for six months. So my sister missed that wow, bonding yeah. with my parents, because my mum lived at the hospital. But my sister's like she works with me now. We oh, couldn't really? be closer, yeah. And I think it helped a lot. I was from a, a little village, so I was from a really small village. So everybody knew everyone. So I was very safe growing up as a kid because all of my classmates knew me. There were probably less than twenty of us in our year, a whole year at school. So they all knew me. I've got loads of cards that they used to make me when I came back from each operation. And then the transition from primary school to secondary school was huge because suddenly I'm from this really sheltered, protected little community to this big wide world. And my mum making me wear a skirt on my first day, it's one of my favourite little stories because I hated her so much. I was so upset by it. And I went to 
to my secondary school and I remember sitting in the class and one of the girls came up, a girl came up to me and said, you're that one who plays netball for Vinisha, aren't you? And I'd sort of completely forgotten that people would know me anyway because <laughs> I wouldn't recognise any of them on their netball team, but because of my scars, I'm recognisable. So I instantly was known at secondary school already yeah. and almost I wouldn't have even been noticed if I'd gone in trousers. And that shift of how we remember and recognize people and the impact that it has, because I, I loved sports, I was great at sports, I played all the sports. So I'd obviously met half of these people before and they remembered and that's the really interesting part. It must have been actually really hard for your mum, that decision, even though she made you do it. I'm trying to think how I would feel because yeah. you'd want to do that, but you would think, oh God, now how are they going to be? Yeah. Are they going to get bullied? What's going to happen? Are they going to yeah. be upset? And that's not what you want, is it? And that's something I lecture about now in therapy and in coaching all the time is this idea of building resilience. We don't do it enough in our children now. And my mum forcing yeah. me to do things like that, even though it hurt her so much, like that's there, those little turning points for our kids to help them grow up, to be able to deal with the stuff life chucks at you. That is like true love as well. Cause she would have been so uncomfortable oh, making yeah. that decision, but she was like, I need to do this for you. So that is just unbelievable. I think she said she sat at the living room window basically all day waiting for me to come home. Yeah. Oh, God. God I bet yeah. she had a cry, didn't oh, she? As I'm well, sure she cried all the time. Yeah. Oh, oh God. God. Isn't she amazing? I don't think Incredible. I could do it. I think I'd be like, no, wrap yeah. you up, cover yeah. up. Yeah. 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 I yeah. think that's I'd what you want to do. My dad told me a story once. So I was probably about six, seven. I was playing on the floor in the waiting room of the hospital. And this woman came over to my dad and she said something like, I'm so proud of you. And my dad sort of said, what's up? I don't understand. Um, and this, it was the middle of summer. Dad said it was sweltering. And this woman had a polo neck on and she pulled her polo neck down. She had this big scar on her neck, but she covered it up all of the time. And so I was just playing there in my little shorts or skirt or whatever. I didn't know why I'm getting and upset. I know, I know. I can feel it as well. It's really emotional. It's really emotional. Yeah. Sorry, carry on. It's just this idea that people recognise I think this is the thought of your mum sending yeah, you to school. I, I just, I literally couldn't imagine. I can't imagine going through that as a parent. No, at, at all. all. And yeah, and then that's the one thing you remember of being the best thing you ever did. Yeah, isn't that amazing? It's incredible. Yeah, it really sorry, is. Sorry, so the the lady. Sorry, I'm <laughs> no, that was it. That was the end of the story. Oh, sorry. It's just this idea that she'd gone her whole life covering herself up, and how easily that could have been me. Yeah, if my yeah. parents hadn't treated me in the way they did, yeah, I could easily be ashamed or embarrassed or whatever of my scars. Yeah, and because. Because they didn't, I now don't recognise them as yeah. things. And I forget all about them until someone asks me to tell the story. Yeah, I was going to say, so if you are kind of shopping in, I don't know, Sainsbury's, <laughs> um, and you do notice someone staring, if someone came up to you and said, oh, excuse me, like, what, what what happened? Are you kind of like, oh, thanks for asking, let me tell you? Nobody asks. No, but yes, that's the thing. Yeah. And again, it's us as humans, we're really yeah. scared to do this. Mm -hmm. yeah. But we don't recognise how normal staring at people is. So again, in Tesco the other day, there was a guy <laughs> packing his shopping and he'd got an amputated arm and he'd got his shopping bag hooked on his arm and he was packing it with his other hand and I could not stop staring at him. Yeah. And all my thoughts are like, gosh, that's incredible. But for him, if he's got his own like insecurities around that, imagine how he feels. But I couldn't stop looking at him. Yeah. But this idea that we're not supposed to look or we're not supposed to ask people about things is so 
typically British. Yeah. yeah. And it's so polite, but actually the staring is way worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, as human beings, we're interested in other people, yeah. aren't we? In differences yeah. and things that have happened. And like, and we love a story, don't we, as well? So it's kind of, it's in us, yeah. isn't it? To sort of look yeah. and wonder about things. And we, we can't not do that, but yeah, ask. Always ask. Yeah, Especially always if your little kid's interested. That's one of the things. Mm. I'll hear little kids saying something and the mums are shushing them. Yeah. yeah. I don't shush them. Yeah, like, yeah, let them yeah. be curious. Yeah. Let them know it's all right to ask. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. God, it's incredible. What um, therapy do you do now? What kind of therapy? Lots of kinds all of it. <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely true. Uh, so my favourite, I like to work with people with anxiety and depression. Lots of it is body confidence. Lots of it is resilience that they've not learned along the way. So I'm a psychotherapist. So I do talking therapy, basically. I'm a clinical hypnotherapist. I don't use it that much now because I don't enjoy doing it as much as I'm not whether it works or not. I get bored doing it. <laughs> that is brilliant. <laughs> I'm that, bored now. Yeah. Well, it's like you're quiet and asleep in a chair. And I'm, I'm, I'm you talking can go to myself. Something. Yeah. Get your laptop out, do some work. <laughs> Genuinely how it feels a little bit. I love that. That's that is really the quote funny. of the pod. That is it. Just get bored doing it, to be honest with you. Just like, bores me. You're just asleep. What am I doing now? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, I was just going to say, if people want to find you, but <laughs> maybe, maybe they won't. After <laughs> but no, if people do want to find you, if they yeah. are perhaps looking for a therapist or they're just interested in your story after listening today, where can people find you on social media? So you can just Google me for a start. Roxy Rhodes comes up with all sorts, but roxyrhodestherapy.co.uk <laughs> is my therapy site. I'm all over social, so you will find me very, very easily. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, thank you so much. Oh what? my God. That was a, that was a yeah. journey. Oh, that was, oh, wasn't it? it? Um, also as well, obviously um, this podcast today is a normal podcast, but we are going to do something very exciting next. We're going to record another podcast with you. And this is for something that we've got planned in a couple of weeks. So we're going to kind of talk to you more after this about, you know, a bit of um, help for people that are listening that might have anxiety and depression Um so that will be revealed kind of next week, won't it? But yeah, we're going to tell you how you can listen. We'll give you yeah. all the details on all of that. But we're very excited to delve a bit deeper into how you can help people. Yes. Thank including you. us. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Can we get some we therapy need all the help? <laughs> so just have a free session. Yeah. Yes, please. Uh, thank you so much. How fascinating. Yeah, that was incredible. Thanks, Roxy. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Just quickly, make sure you subscribe to our podcast. Yeah, you are going to get all the juicy extra bits that we don't talk about on the normal podcast. And trust us, they're good. They are good. And no adverts. So click the link in the bio of this podcast wherever you're listening to it or you'll find it on our Insta at The Laura and Becky Show.